podcasting from Oregon in the beautiful Pacific Northwest, welcome to Eye on Global Politics. Sit back, relax, and get ready to explore some of today's most pressing international issues. Now, here is your host, international relations scholar, author, and founder of the International Law Education Group, Dr. Paul F.J. Aranyas. Welcome to Eye on Global Politics, Episode 3. Before we begin, I'd like to take a moment to say thank you for all those who have expressed their support for this podcast, as well as those, all those who have listened in countries around the globe. We're truly grateful for your listenership. And in 2022, beginning next year, we will be releasing this podcast on a regular and timely schedule. Looking forward to delving into a host of interesting topics and salient issues. This episode, entitled, Where's Your Apology?, is focused on Western countries, in particular, the French and the United States, refusing to apologize for what are clearly crimes against a population, indifference to the suffering of human beings. Now, French President Emmanuel Macron visited Polynesia in July of this year, and he refused to issue a state apology for the French crimes against the Polynesian population. I like to look at it in this sense. If France had tested nuclear weapons in mainland France, some region that was sparsely populated, and that radiation had contaminated a large segment of the French population in mainland France. What would be the reaction of French people? What would be the reaction of the government? Macron, in his visit, stated, and I quote, I think it's true that we would not have done the same tests in La Cruz or in Brittany, referring to regions in mainland France. He continued, we did them here in Polynesia because it was farther away, lost in the Pacific. Now, now, Mr. Macron, Mr. Macron, you've said some ignorant things, some highly ignorant things over the last few years, but let's unpack this because this This is just too much. He says, we did them here in Polynesia because it was farther away, lost in the Pacific. Now that would be understandable if the next sentence was, it was a huge mistake. We can't undo the past. We are sorry. We will try as best as possible to pay reparations, and to make amends knowing we cannot repay you for those that you've lost and for the suffering that you've endured. That would be understandable if that was attached to that sentence about being lost in the Pacific. But Macron says we did these tests 
because it was far away and lost in the Pacific. He says that, but then he goes on to say, we thank you for your sacrifice, but we needed to do them, basically. I'm paraphrasing. Basically, he's saying the same thing Francois Hollande said when he said, we, knew there is, we know there's an impact. An impact was had on the people and the environment, but France wouldn't have had nuclear weapons without it. So uh, we stand by it. We would have done it anyway. We don't regret it because we needed to do it. Because France had to have nuclear weapons. That's debatable, really, because France didn't have to have nuclear weapons. France wanted nuclear weapons because the French Empire was on the verge of being finished off, the nail in the coffin, and World War II was not quite glorifying the nature of France with uh, just kind of being rolled over there. First of all, this argument about being lost in the Pacific is just absurd. Because anyone who's gone on vacation anywhere at all uh, to a nice place, maybe, maybe it was sunny weather in Florida, maybe it was the Bahamas, maybe it was Hawaii, maybe it was New Zealand. Wherever you were from, you went far away to a nice vacation, and you said to yourself, perhaps, this is a really nice place. I wouldn't mind living here. I could see myself living here. But you know what? This is really far away. And when you think about that, when you say that, I've thought about that when I've traveled to certain, certain places. You think about your friends. You think about your family. You think about where you're from. So it's far away from where you're from. So when Macron said it is far away lost in the Pacific, it was far away for him from where he's from. It's not far away for the people that are from there, naturally. If you go to New Zealand and you're from California, it's not far away for New Zealanders. California is far away for them. That's logic. So Macron says it's far away, lost in the Pacific. And that's why they chose it. Well, it was also happened to be populated by people of color, by native inhabitants. Did that play a role? You bet it played a role, just like it played a role for the Marshallese when the Americans irradiated them, or the Aborigines in the Australian outback for the British. Let's be clear about that. The French irradiated the Polynesians, and it's a crime. That's what needs to be said. That's what needs to be said. That's what the head of state needs to say. If he has any integrity whatsoever, because it's indefensible what France did. It's indefensible what the United States did in, in, in the Marshall Islands. It's indefensible and it's a crime against humanity. They irradiated the entire population, giving them astronomical cancer rates. So also in July of this year, a French junior defense minister declared that there was, quote, no state cover-up and ruled out an official apology at an event arranged and attended by President Emmanuel Macron. At this event, Macron gave no public statement 
and the president of French Polynesia, Edouard Fritsch, expressed his disappointment. He said, quote, We felt that the president of the republic had a real desire to turn this painful page for all of us. Now, as I have said, France had previously accepted that the nuclear test had, quote, an environmental impact and caused health consequences. But Hollande defended the decision to conduct nuclear tests, saying, quote, France would not have nuclear weapons and therefore would not have a nuclear deterrent, end quote. So Macron followed Hollande's line. So it's all about France having nuclear weapons. There's no apology. There's no apology. They would have done it anyway. It's just unfortunate. Thank you for your service. Thank you for getting irradiated for us, even though you didn't sign up for it at all. You didn't sign up for it. We did it anyway. You didn't know about it. A lot of your people, your mothers, your brothers, your sisters, your fathers, your daughters, your cousins got cancer. But we thank you because France now has nuclear weapons and we have a deterrent now, says the French president. Let's go back and step back a second and talk about the French nuclear weapons. So their justification is the French needed nuclear weapons as a deterrent. A deterrent from whom? France? The question is, deterrent from whom? You're in NATO. NATO's already got a nuclear umbrella with more nuclear weapons than the world would ever need for any deterrent. With the nuclear deterrent of the United States facing down with the nuclear deterrent of the Soviet Union, but France had to have nuclear weapons. Deterrent from whom? So let's assume it's a deterrent from the Soviet Union because, you know, Charles de Gaulle was a big advocate of what policy? The policy of Massive retaliation. That was the initial policy by Eisenhower, the initial NATO policy, the absurd policy that even if there was a conventional uh, transgression, a cross-border movement into West Berlin, just a conventional troop movement that massive retaliation would occur and the NATO nuclear forces, the strategic forces would fire and kill millions of Soviet civilians. That was the policy. And when the Soviet Union obtained parity in nuclear weapons, and when they were able now to hit the U.S. mainland with their strategic weapons, the Kennedy administration said this is not a good plan. It was McNamara that started to think about the policy of flexible response which was a graduated deterrent. But the point here is that de Gaulle was against flexible response. He was for massive retaliation. He did not appreciate the shift from massive retaliation to flexible response. So he was for maintaining a hard line, despite any policies of detente at a later time, he was for nuclear massive retaliation against the Soviet Union. And so let us assume that the French wanted nuclear deterrence against the Soviet Union. And it's only natural to assume that Russia being the dominant nuclear power in the neighborhood, in the European neighborhood, that this 
deterrence is also now for modern day, current day Russia. Okay, we've all already said that NATO <clears throat> is a nuclear power backed by the United States nuclear umbrella. Macron talks about an independent European force, a European defense pact. Well, let's assume that NATO is off the table. All the troops, the 40,000 troops, pack up their bags from Germany. The other troops and the air bases and Scandinavia and Spain and Italy, it's all packed up. The United States is now an isolationist country, back to its isolationist roots, so to speak. And the European defense pact is now operational. So you got two nuclear powers in Europe. You got France and you got Britain. But Britain is out of the European Union. And they're with the United States now. And France and Britain aren't really having the best of days these days. So let's say that France, which would really make Macron's day, is the nuclear umbrella for Europe. The new European defense. So Macron is defending Europe with its nuclear weapons. It's 300 nuclear weapons and submarines. Is it really a nuclear deterrent? Do you think that France is going to get vaporized if Estonia is attacked? If Lithuania is attacked? If Poland is attacked? How about Germany? Do the French people want to become a dust crater? Maybe a giant lake? Maybe part of the Atlantic Ocean? Because Germany was attacked? How about Finland? There's questions raised I have a hard time believing that France is going to push the nuclear button for anybody but France. Now let's say that France does say that it's committed to nuclear deterrence for the sake of Estonia. And Estonia, hypothetically, is invaded by Russia. Which I don't think Russia has any interest whatsoever of invading Estonia. But let's say, for argument's sake, Russia just takes over Estonia in about... I don't know, it'll probably take about 10 hours, maybe less. Russia's taken over Estonia. France launches a nuclear weapon or weapons at Russia. And France receives the brunt of the Russian strategic nuclear force. Remember, the United States is just by itself. It's isolationist now. France is taking care of Europe on its own. That's why it wanted its deterrent. France is gone. It's a dust crater. It's a lake. As I said, it's part of the Atlantic Ocean. Russia has launched so much firepower at it that it ceases to exist. Now, the French nuclear deterrent has hit Russia maybe multiple times, but you know what? Russia's 11 time zones. It's quite possible in this scenario that Russia walks away from this wounded but still alive and France is just no longer there. Russia has capabilities that can create an atomic tidal wave that can flood all of Western Europe. I lived in France. There's many nice things about France. I went to grad school in France. But for French, French policymakers to say that the French nuclear deterrent from whom? Who are you, big bad France, deterring with your 300 nuclear weapons? It is an instrument. An instrument 
for influence. And any serious scholar knows it. Any serious student of policy, of nuclear policy, knows France obtained nuclear weapons for influence, not for security. And when you obtain nuclear weapons and test for them over three decades, irradiating an entire population, I'd call that evil. It's not the only evil I'd call what the Americans, what the U.S. did in Marshall Islands, I'd call that evil too. And we'll talk about that. But let's not talk about deterrence, because the French are not deterring anybody. Okay? Nobody is scared of France. Okay? Nobody. And there are 300 nuclear weapons. Because Russia has thousands. You want to send a nuclear weapon against China? So let's stop this farce about French nuclear deterrence, Mr. Macron. And the correct thing to do would be to apologize. Apologize for the crime of irradiating a population. That's the correct answer. Bing, bing, correct answer. France, you radiated a population. That's a horrible thing. There's a lot of horrible things in history. Make amends, apologize, give them their independence, pay reparations, build a monument in Paris so such a thing never happens again. And that is the righteous path to make amends for crimes of barbarity, ignorance, and prejudice. You've been listening to Ion Global Politics with Dr. Paul F.J. Aranyas. If you enjoyed this podcast, we hope you will share our International Law Education Group web address, ileducationgroup.org, with your family, friends, and colleagues. Don't forget to check out ionglobalpolitics.com for future articles and podcasts and to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We look forward to welcoming you to another episode of Ion Global Politics.